Have you ever noticed that there seems to be so much hate in the world today? Why is it that people love to hate? And what super secret psychological tactics can you use to disarm the haters in your life? Well, stay tuned, because on this week's episode, I'm going to teach you exactly how to deal with those tigers when they come hunting for you. Hello, everybody. I'm Stephen Diamond from the hit Netflix TV series, Tiger King 2, The Doc Antle Story. And on this podcast, I use the term tiger as a metaphor for all of those scary and exotic creatures lurking deep within our soul that sneak up on us when we least expect it. You know, things like stress and anxiety, depression and loneliness, and even just a lack of confidence or shyness. On this week's episode, we're going to discuss a topic that has or will affect everyone listening right now. It's the topic of hate. Today, I'll reveal the most closely guarded secrets to dealing with all of those people who just love to hate you. Stay with us. You know, haters are going to hate. We all know that. But what you might not know is that no one who ever did anything of real value in this world ever went through life without haters. In fact, if someone is hating on you, it means that you are likely producing, creating, healing, doing good, and putting things of real value out into the world. And they hate that. You know why? Because normally, these very haters have never really accomplished anything of real value in their lives. Usually, they are self-centered, self-absorbed, insecure egomaniacs with loud, aggressive personalities that literally get off on causing the emotional pain and suffering of other people. Now think about that. Who wants to be like that? But there are so many people like that walking around among us. The reason is that it simply makes them feel better about themselves. These people are lonely, toxic, and by and large, the losers of our society. Now, there are exceptions to every rule, but growing up in show business like I did, you learn very quickly how to deal with haters because there will always be someone nipping at your ankles, hating on whatever it is that you're doing. You learn to develop a thick skin really quick or show business will chew you up and spit you out. It's not for those with weak personalities. It's for those with a strong defining backbone that will allow you to understand that when people hate on you, it really has much more to do with them than it does with you. Hate primarily comes from four things, personal insecurity, jealousy, fear, and ignorance. But it's fear that is the overriding factor by far. According to A.J. Marsden, assistant professor of psychology and human services at Beacon College in Leesburg, Florida, 
One reason we hate is because we fear things that are different from us. You will especially notice this in religious or political organizations. They use fear and hate to control people. And recently, they've learned how to weaponize hate and even monetize it for their own massive gain. They don't like people who have critical thinking skills, ask difficult questions, or are different in some way to their own structured belief system. That's why they like to ban books and create legislation over people's bodies. They feel threatened. When we feel threatened by perceived outsiders, we instinctively turn toward our in-group, you know, those with whom we identify, and and we do it as a survival mechanism. So, what drives hate? Well, hatred is driven by two key emotions. The first is love, and the second is aggression. Love for the group that I belong to, the group that is favored and is approved by my belief system, and aggression for the out group, the group that has been deemed as being different dangerous and a threat to the in-group that I belong and approve of. But what they don't understand and fail miserably to see is that what they fear the most is themselves. Now I'm not a doctor and I'm not giving medical advice. However, according to all of the clinical psychologists that I've spoken to researching this topic, the things people hate about others are the things that they fear within themselves. Now think about that for a second and really understand what that means. Haters begin thinking about the targeted group or person kind of like a movie screen onto which they project unwanted parts of themselves. The idea is, I'm not terrible, you are. And of course, we all remember playing those kind of games when we were kids on the playground. I know that sounds childish when you lay it all out like that, but in truth, hate really is childish. This phenomenon is known as projection, a term that was coined by Freud to describe our tendency to reject what we don't like about ourselves. Psychologists have explained this to me as our need to be good, which causes us to project badness outward and attack it. We develop this method as a tool to simply survive. We see it as taking any badness in us and putting us at risk for being rejected and alone. So we repress the things that we thought were bad what others told us or suggested to us that was unlovable or morally reprehensible in our eyes. And we employ hate and judgment towards others as a tactic of self-preservation. Simple minds will convince themselves that this is how one rids oneself of undesirable traits. But this method is only designed to perpetuate repression, which leads to many mental health issues. Wouldn't it be absolutely amazing if we had some sort of snakebite antidote to hate? Well, believe it or not, we do. Now, it's not a magic pill. There's no vaccine for it. But it does work when it's used properly 
and with tender loving care. The antidote to hate is compassion. Not just for others, but for ourselves as well. Self-compassion means that we accept the whole self. If we find part of ourselves unacceptable, we tend to attack others in order to defend against the threat. And to flip that coin, if we're okay with ourselves, we see others' hateful behaviors as about them and can respond with compassion. What I'm about to reveal is one of the greatest secrets of hate. It's what all of those who hate would never want you to truly understand. I want you to pay very close attention to what I'm about to tell you because it's so powerful that it has the potential to change your very life. If you keep hate in your heart for another person, who you really hate is yourself. Let me say that again. If you keep hate in your heart for another person, who you are really hating on is yourself. It's eating you alive from the inside out like some cancer that you picked up along the way. And believe it or not, cancer is a dumb disease because it doesn't realize that it's eating the very host in which keeps it alive. That's you. It's only when we learn to forgive, let go, and hold ourselves with compassion that we may be able to demonstrate real compassion towards others. I want you to sit with this for just a moment and let that really, really sink in. You have to forgive. You have to let go. And most importantly, you have to have true compassion for yourself before you will ever be able to have compassion for anyone that hates you. You know what? This drives haters insane. I know many of you listening right now are here because you saw me on the Netflix hit TV series, Tiger King 2, The Doc Antle Story. In the show, you heard me talk about cults and how they rope you in, control you, change your identity, separate you from all of your family and friends, and then begin to reshape and mold you into what they need you to be. So many of you have reached out to me as former members of different cults, having really connected with my story. So many of you are still trying to understand and make sense of these groups and how they operate. Since all of these kinds of groups are rooted ultimately in hate, I thought we would dig a little bit deeper into the science since any cult is usually based on some sort of hate or separation from the others out there. Think of it like this. When hate involves participation in a group, it may help foster a sense of connection and a camaraderie that fills a void in one's identity. You can easily see this in all of the QAnuts, I like to call them, (laughs) who are reveling in the misinformation insanity going on in today's world. 
These people flock to hate groups because it gives them some place to belong and a connection with like minds that make them feel like they have a purpose. And in that purpose and in that connection, they find what they believe is their identity and a direction in life, something to fight for. But what they lack the capacity to understand in that moment is that they were only looking for a group of people that hated the same things they did. In almost every case I've ever seen, and I have coached tons of cult survivors, these people are lost souls with no direction in life. They struggle to find any real meaning in the world and therefore are perfect subjects for indoctrination. They are often lone wolves without many friends or interpersonal connections. Strangely, I have noticed that many of them are virgins prior to joining these groups. Now, there's nothing against being a virgin. That's perfectly okay. It's just an observation that I've made in working with a lot of these wounded people searching for where they belong. They're not bad people. They're just misguided. Life is hard. It's hard for everyone. Even the people you fantasize about having the perfect life. You know, all of those rich and famous folks that you see on TV. Well, I assure you that a lot of those people are either friends of mine, coaching clients of mine, or I have worked around them in some capacity. And I will be the first to tell you that they are usually some of the most screwed up people that I've ever met in my life. Usually, the more famous they are, the more issues they have. You know, when you work with real lions and tigers like I have, everyone wants to be your friend when they think they can get a picture with you and your pet. And over time, and millions of miles traveled touring around the globe, that gives you a pretty amazing insight into the human psyche. And as a magician, you get to know people, how they think, and more importantly, how they process information. Only once you have mastered these skills can you rightfully be a master magician. We all know when we see a magician saw a lady in half that she's not really in two pieces. Even though our senses would beg to differ, it's called the art of illusion. And much like in politics or religion, it's providing your specific audience a set of facts and artfully weaving a story and convincing them to suspend their disbelief. Now that's really important. One meaning for the word faith is the suspension of disbelief. Because only in the absence of facts is faith required. Magicians, much like politicians or preachers, take full advantage of this fact to convince the audience that what they are seeing and hearing is real. Master TV magician Doug Henning used to call this wonder. What he meant by that is when you develop the ability to get someone to suspend their disbelief, you can convince them that anything they see or hear is real and is actually taking place, when in fact, nothing could be further from the truth. When a person has suspended their disbelief, 
They are no longer thinking critically, and in that space is where you'll find wonder lives. You can convince them that you just sought a real human being in two, so convincingly that they will give you money to make them feel that wonder again. Now let the church say amen. Hey brother, will you pass that plate one more time? (laughs) I know this will be controversial for some of you listening and may turn some of you off. If you feel threatened right now, that's okay. It's a totally natural response when our belief systems are put to the real test. If you feel triggered right now, it only means that you are set firmly in your current belief system and asking you to use critical thinking triggers you because it's a lot easier to just stay where you are rather than having to rethink the entire system of which you have built your belief system upon. And I understand that. But remember that just because you think or believe something doesn't mean that it's fact. Trust me when I tell you that the most expensive thing you will ever own in your life is a closed mind. This is the science of how this works, whether you believe it or not. I've learned one thing for sure, having personally shaken the hands of what seems like over a million people throughout my career, and that is, those we tend to admire for all of their greatness that someone has and for all of their genius in a particular discipline or skill that they might display, there will be an equal and opposite dark side. (laughs) The world needs more compassion because at the end of the day, we're all fighting the very same fight and just trying to survive in a world that can often be very unfair and very cruel. All of us want the same things. We just have different ideas about how to get there. Divisive religions and legislation designed to separate and divide is a major factor in creating hate among otherwise really good people. People hate because they're struggling within themselves. Usually, they're looking outward for someone to blame for what they feel on the inside. When you see someone hating on you, teach yourself to change your perspective and understand that this person is in pain. A lot of deep emotional pain and most of the time they lack the ability to even understand that fact. So the burden falls on you to muster up the courage to have compassion for someone causing you pain. Understand that it's more about them. You are only the target that they've chosen to hit, usually because they know deep down that there isn't likely to be any real consequences from their actions, because if there were, they probably wouldn't do it. I want you to remember that. Acts of hate are attempts to distract oneself from feeling such helplessness powerlessness, injustice, inadequacy, insecurity, and self-shame. Hate is grounded in some sense of perceived threat. It's an attitude that can give rise to hostility 
and aggression towards individuals or even groups. Like much of the anger, it is a reaction to and a distraction from some form of inner pain. The individual consumed by hate may believe that the only way to regain some sense of power over his or her pain is to preemptively strike out at others. In this context, each moment of hate is a temporary reprieve from inner suffering. It actually makes them feel physically better. So the brain sees that as some sort of reward and therefore they seek to do it again and again and again. Hate is a learned behavior. So it can be transformed and unlearned, but only if the hater is willing to open their mind and change. Let me say that again. Hate is a learned behavior. So it can be transformed and unlearned, but only if the hater is willing to open that mind and change. So what can we do when we become the prey and find ourselves being stalked in the night by predators who wish to harm us? <laughs> well, here are my top secret skills for combating those who hate. Let's get into it. First, avoid physical violence. Resolve conflict with measured words and confident maturity. Most haters are immature emotionally. If hatred is fire, be like water and extinguish it. Be cool and collected, and most importantly here is to remember that fighting fire with fire does not work. It never works. It will only make things worse, so there's no point in even doing it. While you should never start a fight, don't let a hater hurt you physically. Learn self-defense and protect yourself. Turn your attacker's strength against him or her if you have to in order to physically survive. Number two, remember to view them with compassion. See this person as a troubled soul who is in deep emotional pain. That's so important. Understand that they are projecting what they hate most about themselves onto you in order to make themselves feel physically better. Number three, completely ignore them when you can. It's literally the worst thing you can do to them. It eats them alive as to why you aren't responding and reacting in the way that they need you to. And if you can't ignore them, speak up. If you can't take it anymore, don't. Avoiding haters doesn't always resolve the problem. Find a moment to speak honestly with these people and try to explain where you're coming from. Speak with each hater as a mature and conscientious equal no matter how rudely the other person has been in the past. This is especially important for passive haters who may not insult you directly. Don't be rash either. Haters feed on your emotions. If you respond quickly and emotionally, there's a good chance that you won't be able to make a strong point. If you lash out, you will only give them more reason to make fun of you. So do not let your words be clouded by anger and frustration. 
give yourself the time to cool down before you respond. Number four, if your hate is coming from online, take criticism gracefully. If you run a business or you put yourself out there in some capacity as a social influencer or you are likely to have some sort of negative reviews or online hate over time, the anonymity of the internet can encourage disgruntled people to speak much more harshly than they would to your face. Don't let their words destroy your confidence, but do consider them carefully. Because just because something is said in a negative way, it doesn't mean that it's wrong. It's better to think of this type of hater as a harsh critic instead. That's what I do. Now, the same thing goes if you're a writer or an artist or post your work online. Nasty comments like these are distinct from physical harassment and should be dealt with very differently. I get haters all the time, and I'm totally cool with it. In fact, most of the time, they make me giggle. It doesn't bother me in the least, and these days, I simply ignore it, and when they don't get the attention that they crave, they usually have a temper tantrum, call me a few bad names, and I find it all quite hysterical. And before you know it, they've moved on to someone who is willing to validate their childish behavior. If you are a business owner, trying to reach out to critics with personalized comments and be kind, be compassionate, empathetic, logical, and polite. Offer solutions and try not to respond out of anger with poorly thought out words. Consider not engaging at all. It's impossible to please everyone, and it's hard to meaningfully connect with someone over a comment board. This is especially true when a person has a habit of making hateful remarks. This is the nature of having an online presence. Some people may hate you for the very thing that so many others out there love you for. I know that for every hater I have, there are hundreds of people out there who love what I do and benefit from my work. I know that however small my impact might be, I am making a real difference in people's lives every single day, and none of my haters can say that. And finally, number five, maintain perspective. These haters may be incredibly annoying right now, and they may even be making your life miserable. But think about how much that really matters in the grand scheme of things. We are but a grain of sand on the beach of life. Odds are that before you know it, you'll be in a completely different headset. Life is changing so fast and by its very nature, in the blink of an eye, it'll all be over. Do not let these haters dominate your life even when they are a minor unpleasant aspect of it. Are you beginning to understand how to disarm your, your haters? <laughs> wow, we've covered a lot of ground this week. Hey, if you've been enjoying all of this empowering goodness, I hope you'll smash that subscribe button and join us each week for more Tiger Wisdom. Don't forget to check out lifeskillsmasterclass.com. My online program has changed the lives of so many good people just like you. And you know what? I know that it can change your life too. Because better thinking equals better results. 
All you need are the right skills, and I can teach you. I'm Stephen Diamond. Take care of yourself and each other, and I'll see you next week.